Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's show, I have Grace Curatolo. She is a former lacrosse player at John Carroll University. She hosts her own podcast. She's got balls, and now she's currently working for the PLL. So exciting things. Grace, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. Super excited. Of course. We wanted to get you on because uh, all the stuff you're doing. So um, starting with John Carroll, like you decided to school. What was that about? Yeah, so John Carroll in the Buffalo area is definitely a big-named school. And so when I started hearing everyone was going there from Buffalo, I tried to avoid it as much as possible. But uh, after I was looking at it and being recruited for lacrosse, I realized it was actually the perfect fit for me. Um, Really enjoyed my time there and definitely a great university. If you're looking for like a smaller school, things. What um what led you to going away versus staying home and going to Canisius or something like that? Uh I just grew up in Buffalo. Um I know Buffalo and I'm just someone that's very interested in seeing as much as I can. So just not being in Buffalo and being in a newer city was uh something that was really important to me. But what was cool about Cleveland is that it's only three hours away, far enough from home, but still close to home and a new area. Where, when you were playing at John Carroll, did because you know you're working with the PLL now, was lacrosse something you always wanted to stay in? Like, did you ever like want to get into coaching, or like how did the whole you working with the PLL come about? Yeah, so I've always loved lacrosse, Um, definitely like followed it in high school and stuff like that when it comes to just the NCAA, and then always was interested in coaching. I think coaching's a really big value for me that I try and do all the time. Unfortunately, right now with the craziness of COVID, I'm not doing as much coaching, but Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't specifically looking to like work in lacrosse but working in sports was a super important goal of mine and got it a little curved path because I didn't uh have my first job in sports but understood that like my path isn't everyone else's path and thankfully I was able to get back on track in sports did um how did the PLL situation come about was that something that you just applied for or like because I feel like that's something that is in high demand in like a very like competitive job yeah absolutely so I am always kind of just like hustling trying to stay a part of the sports industry when when I wasn't in it directly Mm because I think that's really important and I was fascinated with the PLL when it was announced and Paul Rabel said he it started it with his brother and he's going to play and it's going to be something that's really important for the sport. And so I was interested and drawn into it right away from a business standpoint. I find the PLL super interesting and not even just from like being a lacrosse fan, but just being a sports marketer. I Mm -hmm. thought everything they were doing digital focused and social driven was something that I was always in the know about for my own personal knowledge. And I just always was trying to introduce myself to different people, network and connect. And when I saw that job opening, because I was looking to get back into sports, um, 
it just came up and I just hustled my way through and it was comical. I was talking to one of my friends and you know, I was telling her how I'm about to go into an interview and she was like, you're not even nervous. I was like, there's, I don't need to do research on the PLL. I know it so well. I'm so comfortable with it that I think that's what helped me get the job because when you're starting a new sports league, uh, that doesn't come around often. And so you want to make sure that in the company is surrounded with like really dedicated, interested and, um, like committed people. You seem like um, the type of girl that's like a go-getter in the sense of like, I'm not, not in like the sense that you're trying to prove it to other people that I'm going to accomplish what I want to accomplish. You just know what you want and you're just like, I'm going to get there somehow, some way. Um, is that something that you think helped you land the job with the PLO? Cause I feel like them being um, disrupting, obviously the MLO folded and them, you know, breaking in and being social media based and digital based and being a little disruptive in that space. Um, it seems like those w- would be the type of people that they would want to employ to help grow the brand because they're invested in it from day one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think in this company and in this position I'm with at the PLL, it's so important to be very independent, but yet also collaborative and entrepreneurial. When I was being interviewed, you know, I, didn't think too much of that when they said that they're, I mean, it's a startup. You need to have that entrepreneurship mentality and not knowing and sometimes juggling all these different balls and trying to pick up the ones that are dropped. And I, you know, I agreed and didn't think much of it. And then I got into the role and I was blown away by how accurate that was because you need to ask questions if, because no one's going to ask you and no one's going to tell you what to do. So if you're not asking questions and being, like you said, a go-getter, you're not going to get anything done. And that's super important. I saw a quote on Instagram the other day from Erica Nardini, the CEO of Barstool. And she was basically saying that Barstool is the type of place where no one's going to tell you what to do, kind of like that. Like they're just learning on the go. Um, do you think from just like work experience you had and career, I don't even know if I quoted that, right? So if she's listening, please don't come (laughs) at me. But, um, do you, do you feel as though that that nowadays, um, is what helps companies grow faster is kind of like that collaborative, um, entrepreneur effort of like, Hey, we don't know what the fuck's going on, but we know what we're trying to do. So let's try to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is my first time working in a more startup environment. So for me, it's still a big adjustment on maybe it's something that I'm not used to being as independent with my day-to-day work, or if it is that, you know, just do stay in your lane or just do whatever you got to do to get the ball rolling. And if you don't do that, then it's going to slow everything down and people are then going to notice you. They sometimes almost notice the bad before the good, um, but that's okay. And I think, when it comes to starting a company or whatever, just having the hustle mentality of 24-7 working um, is really important because it's not something I don't think that could be like half-ass done. What is your opinion, if you even have one, on the whole like getting burnt out? Because I know a lot of people that are like, I'm just trying to work my 40 hours and that's it because I'm burnt out. 
Do you think that when people get burnt out from working, it's because they're not in an environment that they're either passionate about or they really love, or they're like really invested kind of like how you are with the PLL. And the only reason I asked that is just because you said it's like a 24 seven work environment. Yeah. Um, that scared me a little bit when I realized I was like, Oh geez, you know, start up, but it's, I 100% see burnout. Like, I understand how that could be a thing. So burnout is definitely real. How you discipline yourself will either dictate if you get burnt out or not. Um, Thankfully, with the PLL, they're so great with, you know, tomorrow if or whenever this is being recorded with Juneteenth and that being a new federal company wide holiday and important holiday for everyone to be celebrated and respected with. Um, like taking initiative, having management tell you, Hey, this is a holiday. It is off. If you have to do work on your own, that's your decision, but do not reach out to other people. Like use this time wisely, educate yourself and also relax and celebrate and be thankful and finding management that understands what the company needs, I think is so important. So burnout is real. But when you have the right managers, I think that goes a long way. I could be wrong. Well, first of all, that it is very important that it's now a federal holiday. Um, and I can be completely wrong because I'm not working for the PLL. But from the outside looking in, it seems like you more so have leaders than you do bosses in the sense of like, they're like, hey, we're all doing this together. Um, and they allow you to be creative. I mean, obviously you have a job, a job role and there's only certain things you can and can't do, but they allow you that flexibility to have a little bit of input or, um, come up with new ideas that can possibly help grow the business and the brand even more. Is that something that goes on there? Yeah, definitely. And I think that was a big reason for me to join the team and why so far, at least in my opinion, I think it's going well. Um, because for I told them in the interview process that I struggled trying to find currently at the moment, do I like the creative or business side more of sports marketing? And here, I don't really have to make that decision. I'm able to do both. And that's a, an amazing thing. And the fact that you can have a few different tricks up your sleeve and actually be able to use them is super important because it is such a lean mean team that you kind of will take help wherever you can get it if it's interns or people from other departments is super exciting at least in my opinion because I was in a job previously that was great great company but it was very siloed to your skill and what you're doing did how did you and did you I'm assuming you absolutely hated it when you were in that position um you know what it was I really so I I was at Warner Media before I was working linear ad sales on TNT and TBS Mm -hmm. and I had no idea how massive the media industry is especially the ad sales industry Uh Um, so I was, I really enjoyed it because I learned just so much. And with that position as an account coordinator, it's entry level. You're not expected to stay in it. So everyone's always moving up and looking to move up. And if you're not interested in moving up, then you'll just get blown by. 
Um, and what's so great about Warner Media and the company is that those silos, like those, those work, those lanes work for them. It has to. They don't have a choice. They're a stupid big company, and now are connecting with Discovery. Like you don't have an option for that. And mm-hmm. those certain jobs, you know, you have to stay siloed. But that just wasn't for me personally and it definitely was nice you know you're clocking in nine to five you're not thinking about work at all after and Mm -hmm. so this is just kind of flipping it on its head for me and just giving me a test run to see on how I want to move forward in my work-life balance in the future have um from being in I mean obviously the great background that you have and just the experience that you've had so far and then obviously being working with the PLL and the success that they've had and stuff like that has being in those, uh, those rooms and being around those type of business people and learning what you've learned. And obviously you don't know what you don't know. Um, what, if anything, from your experience has kind of opened your mind up in a way to one day becoming your own businesswoman and executing on your own ideas, like down the road, if there's any. Yeah, absolutely. What's cool with this position is that it's, you know, it's a junior role, but I don't even know how junior it is because it's a startup and you're really making a huge impact and hitting the ground running. So kind of taking lead on my own projects was something that I wasn't not expecting, but you don't realize how much of an impact you make until you're really there. So it's been really exciting. And I think what's super important to see is for me, is how management really manages and how are people handling newcomers, onboarding, bringing in new clients, projects, money, and what they're doing with it and strategizing. And what's been so impactful for me is just to see that firsthand and to get to sit in and actually make an impact on strategy and marketing meetings and what we're doing right and wrong is um, something that I'm very grateful to have on such an early career stage of mine. What's what's the biggest thing that you learned that was kind of like an eye opener that you never even would have thought of? Oh, just everything. Um, learning so much about sometimes like social specifically with how different partnerships work and managing that. I think before in my previous position, it was I was working daily with clients and not as much collaboration on my actual team. So bringing back those skills that I had, you know, even from lacrosse and being a good teammate and supporting each other um, is something really important. But then specifically in the marketing and sports realm of, you know, how do we bring new audiences in and a lot of like tech talk and digital analytical stuff has always scared me and I avoid it. And, you know, that's actually a huge part of marketing. So it's really important to get a better understanding of that. Now you have your own podcast. Um, She's got balls. It's called correct. Yes, sir. Has everything that you've been learning um, throughout the years, has that been able, has that helped you in being able to grow your audience with um, your podcast? Yeah. So I was loving doing my podcast because She Got Balls is all about 
dedicating to like the basic sports fan very quick weekly podcast what happened last week what's going on this week and here are some big stories around all the major sports leagues and then I would bring on a few different athletes I was actually able to get on a PLL player before I even got the job with the PLL so that definitely helped me out there and that working on my own and being my own cheerleader with the podcast was something that I did I almost took for granted until I got into this role because as I mentioned you know no one's pushing you you're you're the one that's pushing yourself so that was really important and now developing the skills that I've gotten from the PLL I can just see how many ways that that has those skills can improve the podcast Um, If it's marketing, if it's paid ads, or if it's just general social work, email, like there is just endless. Um, Unfortunately, because we are in season right now, finished uh, in Boston and in Atlanta. Now we're going to Baltimore. Um, That comes first. Wish I could put the podcast first, but unfortunately... That's not paying the bills at the moment. So hopefully we'll be able to get back to that when I have a better groundwork with the PLL. Hopefully you can get the bag like Alex Cooper just did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? A quick 20 mil. Well, she got 60 mil, but I think it's, what is it, 20 mil a year maybe? I don't know, but good for her. Something ridiculous. <laughs> That's like NFL money. Um, when you first started the podcast, what was the uh, biggest trouble you had with it? Um, because obviously I saw like looking at your Instagram and stuff like that. I saw you had a couple NFL, you had a Packers player on, and then you obviously had um, other players as well. Did you find it hard when you were reaching out to people at first to, for them to maybe take you serious or like what exactly, um, were like the first initial troubles, um, when you started your podcast? Yeah. So I think just the groundwork of how how do I envision this and how can I actually make my vision happen uh, was something that was a big struggle and I would spend hours editing, trying to make it perfect, not wanting to post this podcast because it wasn't to my liking or whatever the reason. Mm-hmm. And then I just had to learn like, listen, it's not going to be perfect. It's not the most produced production setting there is but just doing it getting it out there embracing the shitty parts of the episode or of the podcast and just improving it and being patient you know it's not gonna blow up overnight it's gonna take time and you know I was like a year into it and trying not to compare okay where were other podcasts a year in and you, you just cannot compare apples and oranges because there's so many different factors in it. And mm-hmm. I think just getting an understanding of everything and of your mission and goal and what you want to do uh, really just sets the groundwork. We're see, like we're a little opposite in that. Whereas like when I first started, I was like, I'm just going to do this because I hope it's fucking shitty. So then someone can tell me what I should do. Mm. Um, but I, haven't had that i keep getting people saying it's good which i think people are just bullshitting me but yeah (laughs) you gotta find the right people to give you feedback i know so like and that's the thing is that like i know like listen i'm very self-aware i know it's it's fucking on a scale one to ten probably like a two but it's like a 
seen the stick. Um, has from doing the podcast, has that in everything that you've learned from doing it, has it given you confidence to try new things or in the future when you're not as busy with the PLL um, to try new things and to venture out and just to see what happens? Yeah. And I mean, listen, like you said, like, uh, you're just seeing sticks what works and what doesn't in the end this is like your product and you need to think of yourself as the audience and sometimes that audience might be super small but guess what if you're thinking it, someone else is probably and maybe you only have 50 listeners but damn those 50 listeners are into it and I think that was something that's really stood out to me with my podcast was well, you know, I don't know if people are going to find this interesting, but guess what? I don't really care. I'm not getting paid for this. It's something that I want to do for me and I find it interesting. So I'm doing it for me and hopefully I'll find other people that find this interesting. And that is definitely going to stay with me from what I learned and in doing future things. I mean, the only person that's stopping you from doing a lot of things is you. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't need a full production like we were talking earlier to start a podcast. You can make so many excuses on pushing, starting a podcast back or a blog or an Instagram account or a food account. Like it's incredible how powerful these iPhones are and they can do so much. So you got to start somewhere if it's having a headphones and even a, the iPhone camera, like you can get so far with that. What, um, I forgot what you just said. Um, where did you, where did you get the confidence to, to kind of like, just say, fuck it. And I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but like, where did you get the confidence with the podcast to just say, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. And where do you think that fine line is between like the believing in yourself and the delusion aspect? Cause I'm sure there's people that create stuff and put it out. And just because they've created it, they think it's the best thing out there. And really it's like, no, no offense, your product's trash. And then on vice versa, there's people that put out good stuff, but they're like, they're too insecure with it. And they're just like, this is fucking garbage. And they never put it out. So like where, from your experience, in case there's anyone listening that has the idea of starting a podcast or an Insta page for something, like where, like, what is your take on all that? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good and interesting question because I wanted it and I was like, oh, this isn't going to get anywhere. Like, what am I doing? But you need to look at it with so many different lenses and perspectives for me. It was not to, honestly, I didn't start it like, oh my God, I hope this becomes like the next Spotify, like exclusive podcast. Uh, You need to not, those aren't the right reasons to start things. I was currently in COVID. Sports were just coming back with the bubbles in Orlando. And I wanted to, I was, I'm very driven with what um, I want and looking in a long-term plan. And as I mentioned, I wasn't in sports and I wanted to be in sports. So developing new skills for me, that's how I viewed the podcast as almost like a project. Like what can I learn? Um, and the, I think the drive and like my inner confidence, it cheesy to say, but so much of it comes from my parents. Um, they're amazing. And they think, their kids can literally do 
anything they want. And sometimes it's almost a little too much. Like, well, you got to, I, I, it's not that easy to get there, but uh, I like how high you're shooting. Um, and they're like, why not? Yeah, you can do it. It's like, all right, well, let me, let me bring you down back to earth a little bit and let me show you the steps to get there. And I think that's really important to realize, you know, the journey is a part of it. it that if you want to get to that end result, like best of luck to you. And uh, you got to enjoy like what's going on in the present and be aware, like you said, you know, how do you find that balance of being comfortable and being naive and what's working, what's not. It really depends on like what it is. I mean, if you're getting feedback or not, if you can't get feedback, find it, you know, hey, pay Mm -hmm. someone, you know, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Just give me your feedback on this episode. Um, Like, I can't find anyone to subscribe to this. Okay, we'll reach out. And, you know, sometimes you're going to have to put some dough into something that you want to invest in and try and get that return on it. And sometimes you might lose money, but guess what? You could lose money, but you gain a wealth of information. Absolutely. Um, I don't think it's cheesy at all what you said about your parents. I mean, I don't know your parents at all, but I do know your brother. (laughs) And and from playing lacrosse with your brother growing up, um, he any travel team we played on, like we played on champion together and stuff like that. He was always like, just give me the the goddamn ball. I'll score (laughs) all the time. Yes, very, very Uh, driven man. More more driven than me, for sure. And since he's a doctor, he, he should be now. I just said that because I was just about to say that because I saw your Instagram post uh, giving him a shout out. What kind of um, what kind of medicine is he doing? Yeah, he is about to finish his first year of residency at uh, Ohio State as an orthopedic surgeon. So no big deal. Yeah, He's no big deal at all. <laughs> crushing it as the big bro. So That's big awesome. shoes. Um, his like that, just one more question on that. Um, mm-hmm. his, the relationship that you, you two have, has it been, you know, obviously you guys support the shit out of each other, but is it mainly like growing up? Was it super competitive? Um, which has obviously led you to be able to do all the things you have now where it's like, okay, he did something. Well now not like a one up, but it's like mm-hmm. you get fired up off seeing him do something good so it's like hey I'm coming back with something better but it's like a it's like a all out of love though it's not like out of spite yeah no absolutely um you know actually not and now that I think about it not really like we really never compete like it was never like that it was just so supportive I think on both ends you know I was sometimes I brag way too much about my brother and I'm like geez take real it in grace like why uh-huh. sound obsessed with him yeah <laughs> but, um but I it's always just been and I think like I said it comes from my parents um my mom loves sharing the story of when we would get in arguments and big fights when we were little kids she wouldn't send us to a room she would put, sit us two chairs facing each other and we couldn't up until we hugged each other and we said we loved each other um and so that's kind of our relationship of you know we're always going to support each other. And he definitely has no issue telling me what I could work on and uh, his big ideas. And I love that. I mean, I can't really do that to him because I I don't know how to cut open someone's knee or hip, but uh, (laughs) you know, sometimes in just personal relationships, I, I try to help him out. 
That's awesome. I know you're tight on time, so I have a couple more. I just have, uh, I think, like four or five more questions for you, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, first being, from your perspective, I know you kind of touched on it a little bit just from our talk here, but for anyone, like if someone was to come up to you and say, hey, Grace, like um, I love your podcast or, you know, I, I heard I heard your episode with John and um, I think you're really interesting. I love what you're doing. Um, I have a, a couple ideas for passion projects that I want to build myself, but I'm too scared to make the jump. What do you say to that? Oh, that's a tough one because you you're, you got to push yourself over the cliff. Uh, I mean, I will gladly stand behind you and yell in your ear, but you have to be the one to do that yourself. Um, I'll, I'll maybe even blow in your ear a little bit, try to push you over, but I'm, I'm, my hands aren't going to be touching you to put, get you over the edge. And I think finding your inner passion and you know what, maybe taking a step back and realize, geez, I really want to do this but why aren't I like, what's stopping me? And if it's excuses, if it's time, then sometimes you just have to say, you know what, this sounds like a really cool idea, but I'm not going to put my energy into it. And so you just kind of, I'm not saying don't do it, but like just embrace it. It was an idea. Great. And move forward. And if it's something that you're just a little too scared, like what, what is stopping you? Like, give me a logical explanation. Is it mm. time? Because everyone has time. There's 24 hours in a day. What are you doing with that? And also just like, what, what do you have to lose? What, if you do something, what, what are you losing? You know, mm-hmm. and compare that to what you're gaining. Jeez, you're gaining so many different skills, I'm sure, and relationships and opportunities. And I think in the end, that usually weighs everything else out. And obviously you're the type of, I mean, we're all, we all have insecurities. We're all, even, even though some of us may not come across that way, we do have like deep fears of like how I don't want to be judged a certain way. I don't want to come off a certain way, stuff like that. You seem like the type of person that is always going to take a chance and bet on yourself outside of your parents. Cause obviously your parents aren't going to always be there with you cheering you on your brother and stuff like that. When you're alone with your own thoughts and it's just you, where do you get that confidence to just say, I'm I'm going all in on Grace. Ooh. Ooh. Um I think kind of like what I just said, like, what do I have to lose? And just constantly surrounding myself with the right things. So when the time comes, it's almost like subliminal where of course you're gonna do that. Like and it I'm moved back to New York city. I'm not in an office. I'm working from home. And I got, you know, a lot of people like, why would you go back to New York city if you don't have to be in office and spend all this money and like X, Y, and Z it's because I want to be around people that are always moving, always focused, always driven and just surrounding myself. Like I don't even know anyone, but just feeling that energy uh, is something that I think really impacts me. So that's also why I got to be careful with watching crime shows because that stuff, I mean, that scares me. <laughs> things, things impact me easily. So I got I got to be careful sometimes. Uh, that's how I am with like scary movies, like The Conjuring oh, and shit. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. no. I, heard, I heard on Bustin' with the Boys, Jalen Ramsey said that he's not scared of anything. 
except for paranormal activity because you can't fight back with that shit. Mm-hmm. You gotta <laughs> and, be careful. Yeah. Um, last two questions I have for you. Um, I was gonna ask what's the worst advice you've ever ha- received, but most people are like, I I don't know because it's gone in one ear and out the other. So, what is the best advice you've ever received? And it can be it could be for work, it could be just you know personal, it could be anything. Like, what would you say is the best advice? P- one piece of advice you've ever received. Let's hear it. I know I'm putting um, you on the spot here. I never like. There's just always so many things that come up. I'm like, wow, that was really good. Um, I have a quote that is my own advice, not but not by me. Mm-hmm. So this is my best advice that I tried to live by the last like two years. And it's be so good that they can't ignore you. That's from and Kobe, I think. No, I think it's from, it's like someone really funny. Um, it is from, and maybe it is, and then he just repeated it. Uh, I don't know. But... I, I heard him. I heard him say I was watching something with him once and he said that when he didn't play his first year for the Lakers, he said that he goes, you know what, I'm just going to get so damn good that they can't not play me. Yeah. And and I say that because sometimes I am the loudest one and I, and I don't want to be the loudest and mm-hmm. I ask too many questions and I, I try to prove my point too much. And I take that saying because sometimes you just need to shut your mouth and do your work and do your work really well. And Mm -hmm. even if your mouth is quiet, like let your work speak for yourself because Mm -hmm. if your work is so good, they have to notice you. They they can't ignore you or it's their loss. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely something that I'm, working on and i think is really powerful absolutely and the last question i have for you since we're a little time crunched here is if you could meet 18 year old grace today right now what would you tell her about one the ups and downs and two one piece of advice to carry with her moving forward in life uh the advice definitely would be shut up a little bit. Stop talking. Uh, <laughs> listen a little more. Um, mm-hmm. And actually try to be on time for things because it's incredible how much I've lost from being late. Uh, and that could be figuratively, but more so literally. And then best up and down what was it like just your best advice or how to handle the ups and downs uh no what would you yeah like what would you say about about the ups and downs nothing specifically just like what would you say about them um just find the good but more importantly the benefits and positives out of everything you know sometimes you're just gonna have to ride it and you know that hike to the top is really going to freaking suck. Uh, just embrace it, deal with it, get over about it, get, move on. And cause that outcome is going to be worth it. And 
it's not worth it. If you get to the top of that mountain, like what did you learn on the way up there? Um, Mm -hmm. And take that as your view. And I think that's something really important. Sometimes I would complain, Oh, what the hell was the point of that? It's like, well, shut up for a second, use that advice and just like, think about it. You know what? Okay. That didn't work out. We lost that game, but like, what, what did I learn? Um, I think that also just changes your perspective about everything. It's all about changing your perspective. I was super negative, still get yelled at by my parents about being too negative and just like see the positives and things. I actually, and we'll end it on this. Um, I was just listening to one of Barstool's podcasts. They had Tory Lanez on there and he was saying that he doesn't even like the word L or losses because he says that he doesn't associate himself with ever losing or failing. And it's more so of like their teaching moments. And he said that yes. it's when, when someone taught him that or told him that, I forget, he said it completely changed his outlook forever on life. And he said mm-hmm. if he, ever since then, he's been able to accomplish more than he's ever imagined. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy and it sounds so silly and so stupid. It's like, oh, what did you learn from this? It's like, well, it just changes, like he said, like the outlook on things. It, it makes you just even a little bit more happier and keeps your eyes open a little bit and peeled and aware instead of mopey and like complain because, you know, you can bitch about COVID-19 and how much it sucked and how you lost a full year, but or you could think of it like, what was the good that came out of it? You know, recognize the bad, but, you know, all the positives that come from things. And your life will just be a lot happier. Absolutely. And we'll end it on that. So I greatly appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, I know it was a little bit of a shorter one, but it doesn't really matter. Even if we did for five minutes, I appreciated it. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Good questions. Really enjoyed challenging myself and figuring out myself as I talk to you I know I hear I get at least one like oh and I can hear like the person being like fuck I gotta think of something quick type of thing <laughs> every yeah, time but I do it, ma- it makes you it makes you think so that's good it, it, absolutely so I appreciate it and uh, we'll talk soon great thank you